so you can um so you can see it i want you to know that that you know we believe in honoring content images things we get from other people um i will note something i didn't put here but i want to recommend my mentor's book called connecting it's um it's really going to enhance what we're going to be talking about the next few weeks so i'm encouraging you to just really grab that book and began reading it. Um, Minister Chiquita has done a phenomenal job of um, facilitating the Bible study on Saturdays. So make sure you um, jump in. It's never too late to jump in. She has a document she's put together. So if you guys miss a session, you can kind of go back and follow what she's doing. Um, so I want to give you an overview of the Scribal Conservatory. You can read it yourself. If you have any problems seeing anything um, on this shared screen, just let us know. And I apologize for this format, but it's just easier sometimes. And I'm killing a couple of, um, you know, tasks with by doing this. So just be encouraged. So the Scribal Conservatory is primarily, we're kind of, you know, we, we say this all the time, but I'm going to jump to the last part. We are equipping, empowering, and supporting a generation of creative believers who are seeking pure, impactful, and immersive ministry. What is a conservatory? A conservator. A conservatory is a guardian or protector of a specific body or work or knowledge of work. And a conservatory is a college or a university of study. So that helps you understand our teaching style. But as conservators, we protect the vision, mission, and purpose of the Scribal Conservatory as it relates to our four principles, transforming nations, reinforcing covenant, elevating Christ above men, and increasing understanding. And our goal is to make sure that we become immersive, immersive believers. So that's our website. Just want you to know that um, if you need to know, well, where is the link? or where is this? Just go to the website. It is all there. If at any time you can't find the link in the group, you can't access it, it's on the website. Just click Sunday meetings, or if you're attending Bible study, click that one. So I want to let you know also that on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m., we have Bible study, and we will be having Bible study this week. We will be doing that. Also, um, I want to tell you that inside the Bible study group, which is on Facebook, um, we have posted a calendar for October. I love doing that at the end of the year and at the beginning of the year because we have certain dates where we will not be meeting. And so it's important in October, November, and December that you know what those dates are. So if you need those dates, they're pinned to the top of the group. And we will um, constantly announce those as well. And this is what um, those dates look like. They're right here. So I'm not going to go through them. Again, they're on um, the page on, inside the Bible study group. Don't go on the website looking for them because I'm not going to be updating that like I do inside that Bible study group. But if you want more information about this, go to the Bible study group. Giving, offering, I'm absolutely sure that that information will be posted inside the um, chat within our conversation. 
And also, um, you can still use these links temporarily, but I am positive that the Givelify will be available before Friday. That way we can begin tracking our giving. I don't have to, you know, if you want to give that way, it'll be totally, totally, totally clear. And you can keep up with what you're doing for 2023 and get your um, any information you need. So listen, oh my goodness. I'm really, really, really excited about the teaching today. Um, I gave you a little snippet of it, you know, a little snippet, a little tidbit um, on Tuesday night. And we had a phenomenal Bible study. We wanna thank Apostle Pam for that. But listen, I, I kind of tapped into what we were teaching, but I'm going to take it further over the next two Sundays because I really need us to get this. Um, this is a very, very important topic to me. I kind of gave you the story about how it came about. The first time it opened up was in 2011 when I began to teach on the, the Ephesians 4 scribe. But then later on, it became more personal because I just got frustrated with the demonstration of the apostolic around me. It was just, I just felt like the apostolic was so abusive in its demonstration in my life. And I know that's not been everybody's experience, but it was definitely mine, definitely mine. And so I asked God, I'm like, God, you're going to have to show me what this is because I really want to love the church. I want to love your people. I want to operate in the way you have intended. So how, God, can I do that? And how can I understand the apostolic when people are, are, are telling me I'm apostolic and they're also saying you're an apostle. They're also saying you're a prophet. And I realized that if I didn't have an understanding of this, I would distort everything I understood about emissaries or apostles, prophets, evangelists or proclaimers, shepherds or pastors and teachers. I knew that my understanding would stay in that religious place if I didn't get the Lord to begin to talk to me about this. So I decided that we're going to do a series on the apostolic, not the apostle, not the office, but we're just talking about today as part of our series in the seal, we're talking about what is the apostolic because we can get a little wild, you know, in our, in our understanding. So I want to make sure that we get this as the conservatory. I always tell you, I'm not trying to educate the whole world, but just those that I believe the Lord has assigned to me and to this realm, and to each other. And I hope that you take what you learn and begin to um, assimilate it as you have understanding and then impart into others. But this teaching today is about what is the apostolic, restoring and redefining our understanding of Ephesians 4 and 11. We're on a journey, and we will probably be on this journey until the end of the year. Now, listen, if you can't hear me or if you have problems hearing me or anything, please let me know. You can just put it in the chat and we'll be able to correct that. 
And our style is always one of, of teaching. So we want to be sure that we're moving in that vein um, tonight. And I know I'll probably cross over. And so listen, we're going to be healing our understanding of the apostolic. We are. And I mean, it's going to be a tremendous healing, I believe. And I have this picture here of communion. Um, we have the wine. We have the broken bread. And we'll be taking communion next Sunday. So be sure to bring your elements. Bring your elements to the table. And this place of healing is healing our thought processes concerning the apostolic. Hearing our, our healing our thought processes concerning ourselves, concerning the church, concerning um, anything within us that that we have not previously understood. I'm hoping that this teaching is going to bring that to you. So, Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you for your blessing over the Scribal Conservatory. We thank you, Father, that you give every leader insight into how to lead and guide those that are uniquely assigned to them, uniquely walking to them. And we thank you, Father, that we are here today because we want understanding. But Father, I thank you that right now in the name of Jesus, we're willing to lay down everything that we have learned about this topic of the apostolic and begin to um, um, receive new information to begin to study and to show ourselves approved, begin to question things that we have been taught, not to the point that it just disrupts everything, but that it fills in gaps within us, within our understanding, within our hope, within our faith, and within our just strength in Jesus Christ. Guide us, Lord, as only you can, in Jesus' name. Oh, my goodness. So, wow. I want to set the stage for today's message. And I want you to know that this message is not about proving that what we learned was wrong. It's not about showing up any ministry or dishonoring what we were taught. Because I always try to tell you that, listen, I taught stuff that was crazy. And I probably will teach things that I'll have to go back and correct at a later time. And I don't want to put us in a place where we're always feeling like we're critical of others. But I want to put us in a place where we're always challenging things in a way that we can discern what is God. We can discern what is people stuff. And we can discern what is evil, what is darkness. We need to be able to have that. And also so that we will be able to discern what's going on on the inside of us. Listen, if nothing else, that's probably the most important thing that we can bring to the table of this conversation. Today's message is not about pointing out leaders who teach error in doctrine. It's not about that. Rather, we are in a new day of the apostolic. That's what we're looking at. We're preparing ourselves for what is before us. We're preparing ourselves for what is coming. We're positioning our hearts and our minds and our souls to discern the divine apostolic nature of Christ from any distortions. We're redefining the apostolic with an eternal intention. 
We're restoring our understanding, purging our minds and spirits from limited, distorted intel, even the things we tell ourselves. One of the greatest things I ever had an apostle share with me, and it was, Teresa, even the prophetic words you get concerning yourself need to be judged because we can tell ourselves a whole lot of stuff. We can misname our callings. We can uh, misname, our, our, misname our significance and things. We can elevate. I mean, we do a lot of stuff. Hello, Teresa. But we're learning to make Christ a true priority. Oh my God, a true priority in our study and our understanding and our teaching and our going and doing. We're digging out all the selfish motives, the mandates that we've imagined. We're filling holes. We're filling cracks. We are creating a foundation on which to build a better understanding of Ephesians 4 callings and ministry. And normally I would tell you this is the school seal of uh, the seal school of ministry. And it is. This is the seal school of ministry. But instead of creating a special day, I just want to bring it before us in our regular Sunday service because I know it'll be relevant to us on many levels. Um, we're seeing the apostolic now from a simple perspective in this teaching, very simple. And what I believe is the bare bones, it's the crack in, in the understanding that we've been missing that will help us rightly divide the word of truth. So we're gonna see the apostolic in ourselves today because how many of you know that we come from an apostolic God and we are an apostolic people. But listen, we have to grow into becoming apostolic. But you know, by, by in the finished place, in the finished work, we are, but we can tell by how we handle our mind, by how we deal with people, how we interact with one another. We can know easily that we are not apostolic. We haven't achieved that level of maturity in our lives yet. We haven't achieved the kind of fullness that allowed Christ to walk the earth unbothered, you know? So, so we have to look at that. We want an unbothered walk with the Lord. We have too much offense, too much unforgiveness, too much, I don't like that. It, you know how we do? Something don't sit right with me. You know, Christ didn't walk like that. He was, un, he was not disturbed by people stuff because he understood his assignment and his assignment was to release the fullness of who he is on the inside of us and for us to grab it so that we can live a life that is unbothered right and I don't mean the social word for being unbothered. I don't mean the, the slight that we give people. That don't bother me. You ain't getting to me. That's a different thing. We're talking a spiritual level. We're talking a, a deep inner divine supernatural level of being unbothered in the sense that you know without a shadow of a doubt that people are becoming if you're hearing me and you're listening right now, just type becoming in the chat because you're becoming. I'm becoming. Every day we are becoming apostolic. 
Every day we are becoming more apostolic. We were born of the apostolic. Let there be. That was an apostolic command. It wasn't a consideration. It wasn't. God had already made up his mind when he said, let there be light. He had already made up his mind. Every decision was there. Oh, my goodness. God is not confused about what he has come to do. We must grasp that we are sealed in Holy Spirit. In Holy Spirit, we are sealed. Oh, my goodness. So I'm not going to go into a deep review on um, the message on community last Sunday because the heart of that message was understanding that the ultimate apostolic outcome, the ultimate goal of the kingdom is to live and dwell in perfect communion with the Lord, perfect community with the Lord, perfect koinonia with the Lord, perfect oneness. There is no other eternal outcome for the apostolic. If you are on task with me, you know, show some, um, and just say, hey, I get it. I get it because that message was about that central thing that you understand that, listen, we can't build on anything that isn't built on the foundation. And the foundation of the kingdom is community. So if you miss that message, I insist, I implore you that you go back and listen to it. We're not in a um, generation where we need to be on our own. We're not in a generation where we need just peer level insight. Peer level insight can lead, is the blind leading the blind. It really is. It is the blind leading the blind because peer level insight is sameness. You connect then you hook up because you got things in common. But if your commonality is carnal, if your commonality is fickle, being, being petty, then that's the extent of your growth. We can't, we can't rely on peer level relationships. The kingdom is set up so that there are, there are different levels of interaction and lift different levels of growth, of growth that can take us higher and further and farther in one another. One of the most tragic things that I see in life are people who are peer level operating with one another. And listen, and they can't offer anything but regurgitated truths that they already know. Um, uh, listen, it, it, it's real. It's real. Peer level relationships are not always kingdom oriented. Y'all in the same place in the same spot. They wouldn't have needed Jesus to lead them if they already had an understanding, right? The, the, the church at Antioch wouldn't have needed leadership if peer level was enough. Paul wouldn't have needed to position himself as a father 
with Timothy and Tertius and all of the other people of peer level relationship was enough. There has to be leadership, not dominance, but leadership. That's why we meet. That's why community is important. Oh my goodness. That message last Sunday is critical. Why? Because the apostolic, listen to this, rests on God's desire and Christ's desire and Holy Spirit's desire that we be one. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. We are not all the same. We are beloved by God the same. We are brothers and sisters in Christ the same. But in community, there will always be a leader. Even if you get your five, six friends together, there's always one that is going to emerge as a little bit more knowledgeable than the rest. But even there, they can only take us so far. Oh my goodness. I hope this is making sense. I want to look at John 17 and 11 with you. I decided to put the scriptures in the presentation this morning. John 17, 11, and then verse 20. Now there's a, we know this, we've covered John 14, 15, 16, 17 extensively during our time in the conservatory. Oh my goodness. Someone asked a good question. Do I believe that um, um, this is a requirement? Yes, I do. I believe that's why we have so much stunted growth in the body of Christ is because people have found their own way instead of following God's path, instead of following the pattern that Christ set. So all you have is a bunch of peers, you know, and they can't, you can't, you, a peer can't graduate themselves from elementary school, right? Somebody's got to be able to carry you through the grades. If you, if you didn't need leadership, why go to college? Why get training on the job? Why get a mentor? Why take classes? <laughs> I mean, if it's true in the natural, it's true in the spirit. So it, it, it might be effective for a moment, but not for a lifetime. So we're, and that's just really additional comment about peer relationships. So John 17, 11 through 20, 11 and 20. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. So we know this. It says, now I am no longer in the world. This is part of Jesus's prayer. But these are in the world, Father, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me that they may be one as we are one. Uh, in other words, that they may have koinonia, that they may have unity of the faith, not, not twinning and dressing alike and, and getting them nice outfits together. That's not what he's talking about. That they may be one, one of heart, one of mind in the in eternal intention of the Lord. And I'm intentionally using the word eternal because we have a lot of clever teachings these days where people want to switch stuff. But if from Genesis to Revelation, this thing right here is what God has been after. 
I hate to say this, but he's not after your gift. He's not after you being the best prophet. He's not after you just saving souls. All of those things are to this end. Can you see it? That they may be one, one in community, one in understanding intention, one in understanding that we all have the same calling. And what is that calling? To bring people into koinonia. Not just out of thought, but in demonstration within the beauty of community. Oh my goodness, relationship, hanging out. Not to fulfill your flesh alone, but to have a balance of both. So that was John 17. This is the final prayer before the crucifixion. Jesus isn't rebuking the devil. He isn't naming demons. He isn't classifying strongholds. He's not looking at governments. He's not doing any of that stuff that people do. He's doing apostolic stuff that is completely kingdom directed. Oh my God. He's dealing with eternity. He's dealing with what will not pass away. The apostolic is concerned with eternity. They may be one. So he, he made sure he prayed for, for the apostles still with him. He prayed for them. But then, same chapter, we get to verse 20 and he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. We talked about this last Sunday, and he said that they all may be one. Oh, now he's saying, I want them to be one with my apostles and all the people I'm sending, all the people that have been born, all that is encompassed in God that remains in him, that are sons, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. Oh my God, what likeness, what image, what duplication, that they also may be one in us. That us is something else. We're going to get to that at the very end. That the world may believe that you sent me. So, wow, the eternal intention is very simple. The ultimate apostolic intention is simply that the world may believe that you sent me. That the world may believe that you sent me. This is not the only place that a conversation or a prayer like this takes place. Um, we also looked in the book of John. I don't have the scripture. It might be John 5. But it says, it's a scripture that says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict us in all truth. And, and he goes on and he says, and, and he will convict the, convict the world. He did not come to condemn the world. That's the other part of the scripture. He does not come to condemn it. He did not, but he came, listen. So, and he, he declared that the sin of the world, of all the things we know, because we focus on obvious sin, fornication and all of these things, you know, the obsessions of the church, 
of the church of people. But overall, listen, he said of the sin that they don't believe. If someone can find that scripture, post it. Post it for me because this is important. If you understand that this, the greatest sin in the earth is not the sin you committed that night with Joe down the street. The greatest sin is that you don't believe. Oh my God, that you don't believe. Copy and paste that for me. That you don't believe. Because why? Because according to an apostolic pattern that we're going to uncover, if you believe, guess what? You come to know Christ. And if you know Christ, there's an eradication, an eviction that takes place on the inside of you as you grow deep in him, as you embrace immersion, as you work out what matters, as you put on the mind of Christ. Listen, the apostolic begins to work out all of these things based on one premise, believing. Oh my goodness. Are you with me? Are you with me? Because these are foundations for understanding what it means to be apostolic. And we can't have an understanding of the apostolic, not a real one, if we don't understand what the apostolic does in us first and we don't understand why it's here. Otherwise, all we'll be looking for is recognition, titles, fame, likes, and all the things that the world loves. Oh my goodness. All the things that people love. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. All things apostolic begin and end in eternal intention. You and I have watched the apostolic become everything but what it really is in this present generation. I'm going to take a few minutes as we move forward to share with you because you know, the apostolic now is a competition between the bishop and um, who's doing what and what it looks like outwardly. I, I have a question for you before I move forward. What, what, what is it that you were taught the apostolic is? What do you believe the apostolic is? What have you come to understand? This is not a trick question. This is not something I'm going to throw anybody in the fire in because I promise you, it's probably the same stuff that I've heard. I'm not going to move forward until a few of you begin to tell me what you have believed about the apostolic, not the office of the apostle, but the apostolic. Oh, thank you. Somebody posted the scripture. Thank you. It's John 16 and 8. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me. Now, that's a, that'll speak. The greatest sin is not believing. 
Why is that the greatest sin? Because if you don't believe, you cannot be aligned. You cannot go back into the, 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 the creator, the God. You can't go, you can't reach the depths of him outside of this place of belief. So if you weren't taught about the apostolic, you have heard about it. So make sure you share um, or if you've ever heard anything about the apostolic. Oh my goodness. Someone just said there was really no teaching on the apostolic. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I was taught. I was taught that the apostolic was enforcing your authority. It was um, leading people from a mysterious apostolic place. It was being like a general in a military, having that kind of grace upon your life. <laughs> yes, Katrina, thank you. Uh, exactly, pioneering, foundation setting. See, that's true. Those parts are accurate. But there's also that negative part. Oh, we need to know what the apostolic is. We need to be able to easily identify. And Joanna, I, I perfectly agree with you. I was only taught that part two. That's how I was taught. I was only taught it in part with um, the understanding of the apostle, the sent one of God. Absolutely. But listen, I got some news for you. Where God is apostolic. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He sent out apostolic decrees and declarations into the earth to create the kingdom he wanted. We came from and was born from the apostolic. All the believers are apostolic. But where they are in that learning curve and in their identity is what we need to heal. Oh, my goodness. Yes, the apostolic is establishing the reality of the New Testament church. Yes, it is. And, you know, a high honor that was to be respected. Absolutely. I've heard that, too. Um, I did not learn much about the apostolic. How I viewed it when I saw it was forced leadership. Ah, yes, that's how it can be interpreted. It was taught only in connection with the apostle. It is so much greater than any one person God ever named apostle in the scriptures. Oh my goodness, this is good. We are all apostolic. Oh, my goodness. Where do we go from here? Our first point of reference should be Jesus Christ. Jesus was, I'll just read this, Hebrews 3 and 1. If ever from this point forward, if anyone ever asks you, what is the apostolic? Send them, not just an apostle, and I'll explain why. Send them to Hebrews 3 and 1. Send them here. If they challenge the apostolic, send them here because we're, we're going to strip some things away. Oh, my goodness. The scripture 
that I love is, it says, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling. And then the New King James Version says, therefore, holy brethren, partakers, partakers of the heavenly calling. The Amplified Classic says, so then brethren, consecrated and set apart for God who share in the heavenly calling. First of all, I want you to know that we're, we're called forth from this heavenly calling, brothers and sisters, all believers, all of us are called from this heavenly calling. And we share this calling. And then it says, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Oh, grasp this, fix your mind on Jesus. Fix your reasoning on Jesus. Fix your comprehension and apprehension on Jesus. Fix how you consider the scripture on Jesus. Oh my God. Thoughts. Whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. If we're going to be expected to embrace the apostleship of Jesus and understand the connection of him being a high priest, we're being, we're being asked to fix our thoughts on these truths. How is Jesus apostolic? We learn about his apostolic nature by how he functioned in the earth as an emissary, a sent one, an apostle, a special messenger. We learn by how he administrated his own mind and the mind of God and the will of Holy Spirit in the earth. Not about people. We will not talk about Paul. Peter, we won't talk about them in this teaching because they're not the source of the apostolic. I mean, can you see it? Now, this is the thing. The way, see, we have to fix our thoughts on Jesus, but Jesus fixed his thoughts on God. And everything Jesus did, he did what the father said and what he, he said what the father said and he watched what the father did. Holy Spirit comes along and Holy Spirit can only speak that, that the father speaks. Listen, he can only give to us what the father has given him to give because the spirit of God, which is Holy Spirit, is God's apostolic spirit. God is the apostolic. He is the let there be light. He is the resurrection. The apostolic is all encompassing of God. God's atmosphere is apostolic. Let there be is apostolic. Let there be light. Even when Mary said, be it unto me, that was an apostolic declaration. Oh my God. 
Holy Spirit is the gift sent to us to dwell in us because we need to be one with the Father and only the apostolic spirit of God can facilitate that. The prophetic can nurture it. The prophetic can influence it. But it's the apostolic that demands it and commands it and sets the government in place for it to be true. There is no turning, no force of wind in the apostolic. God is who he is. I am who I am. Man, when the Lord started speaking to me from I am who I am, in the midst of studying it, it changed me. I changed in an instant because I felt like I had a revelation about what he was saying to Moses. Moses, I am government. Moses, I am the only visionary. Moses, I am. Oh my God. You all, are you you following me? I am that I am. The apostolic is the apostolic. The ap- God is God is apostolic. He sent his spirit out to be both apostolic and prophetic because God's apostolic nature cracked open the earth and swallowed up people. God's apostolic nature in the old covenant before grace and mercy sent us Jesus had a different stand. The apostolic is the straight line. The prophetic is the influence to straighten up. Oh my God. I'm not trying to go over your head. I, I, I want you to really get this. It's critical. It's critical. You can't have the apostolic without the prophetic, and you can't have the prophetic without the apostolic. The oneness enables us to encompass all parts of it and and, and be who God needs us to be and, and for God to be who we need him to be. I want, let's look at this in the Amplified Classic. So then, brethren, consecrated and set apart for God. Woo! Consecrated and set apart. The apostolic depends on consecration. Jesus was consecrated. There was no sin found in him. God is pure light. There is no darkness in him at all. Let there be light. Why in the world would God have to go and study out the enemy's camp as an apostolic ministry? I'm going to keep saying that until somebody wakes up and understands. When we become apostolic in the way that Christ has designed it, a lot of this people stuff we do won't matter. 
it won't matter. How do I know? Because it didn't matter to Christ on his way um, to be crucified. It won't matter because he had an apostolic understanding of the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. It won't matter because he lived in an apostolic place of understanding the father. He had the mind of God. And we're introduced to the mind of God through the mind of Christ. And Holy Spirit is working in us, those who are his, those who have believed. And Holy Spirit is trying desperately to give us the apostolic mind of Christ. Oh my God. I always tell people, listen, your circumstances may not change, but your mind can. Oh my God. A lot of marriages could be saved if we learn how to live in the apostolic mind. A lot of friendships could be saved if we learn how to live apostolically. A lot of people wouldn't kill their leaders if they understood the apostolic mind of Jesus and how desperate God is for us to become an apostolic people. That is what the earth is groaning for. When the earth had apostolic people, Adam and Eve operating there was harmony. Everything was in balance. Oh my God. Oh Jesus. This is the other part. I'm still on this scripture. Hebrews 3 and 1. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, to share and I have the calling, fix your thoughts on the apostolic Jesus. Fix your thoughts on the high priest Jesus. Fix your thoughts on the chief apostle Jesus. Consider the apostolic, the apostle, the high priest. Consider the mind. Oh my God. Consider Jesus thoughtfully and attentively. Apprehend it, comprehend it, take hold. Oh, God. Oh, I don't know why that's twice, but there it is. Oh, my goodness. It is Christ's eternal pursuit to duplicate, to duplicate the apostolic in humanity by assisting us in becoming likeness and image. Oh my God, every believer is supposed to be growing into fullness, the fullness of the apostolic. People love that eagle, don't they? But have we understood the eagle? Have we understood? We, we hear the good saying, the eagle flies high. 
higher than any bird. His wingspan is this and is that. But how does that help us understand what we're talking about now? Oh, my God. Likeness and image, koinonia, oneness. Come on, this is where we're, we're heading. We're going to get to some of those scriptures I saw y'all posting a little while ago. Ephesians 1, 12 through 14. I'm just going to read it. Oh, we read it the whole chapter last, last week. So that we who first hoped in Christ, who first put our confidence in him, have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. In him, you have also, you have, in him, you also, who have heard the word of truth, the glad tidings, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in and adhered to and relied on, oh my goodness, I love this believed in, adhered to, relied on him, were stamped with the seal of the long-promised Holy Spirit. That spirit is a guarantee of our inheritance. The first fruits, the pledge and the foretaste, the down payment on our heritage, the down payment. And that, what is that down payment? Oh my goodness, full redemption, not partial redemption. Hear me in the spirit when I share this with you. It's not a word of condemnation and I'm sitting in this same place as you are. I have not achieved full redemption. How do I know that? I'm the, hear me in the spirit. I know we have everything we need in Christ. I know we are sealed. But my point in saying that is simply this. Every day I am pursuing full redemption in my head, full redemption in my inner thought life, full Look, are you following me? And I want you to see something else. It's the mind. Our trouble is what's going on in the head. Oh my goodness. There's a reason why I'm sharing this. We focus so much on our heart, our feelings, our emotions, fixing our past hurts. And I was like, God, but you told Ezekiel, you said, your wife is dead. You told Joe, pick up your past, Joe. You told Jonah, look, do what I called you to do. He even went through a whole discourse with Job and he said, where were you? Oh my God. Where were you when I hung the moon? Where were you when I placed the stars in the sky? Where were you in my apostolic work that you think you know me so well? I can't go into the next part I was going to say because that's next Sunday. But there's a whole conversation uh, where Jesus is battling one, uh, this one apostle after the another. And he's like, do you even know me? Have you walked with me this long and you still don't know me? Basically the same thing God was saying to Job in Job's crisis. And you know, people today, 
see things from such a broke down flesh, bad inner conversation place that they are offended if you don't acknowledge their pain in a particular moment. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but when you are leading people and you ask your leader for prayer and your leader says, listen, I need you to, to rehearse these scriptures. We leave offended because we felt like we should have had more than just given a few scriptures. <laughs> but the mind of God requires active renewal. The mind of God has a prescription in the heart of the, in the mind of the fallen man. The fallen man needs a new mind to become the new creature, to become, to become, to become. And the word becomes the apostolic vice that we need to achieve that. I know you're crying. And I know you're sad and I know you can't stand today. I know the news was devastating. I know they don't love you and they don't want you. I know the husband wants out of the marriage. The wife wants out of the marriage. I know the children are not speaking to you. I know all hell is breaking loose, but I need your apostolic mind if you hope to overcome. How can I get you into apostolic thinking? There are a lot of people who have ascended into apostolic places who have people that get tired of them because they won't placate the flesh. Because they mistake apostolic guidance for dismissal. When really you're being called to soar. Oh my God. But we want peer level relationships, people that understand me. I'm not supposed to understand you. I'm supposed to understand what God wants. The apostolic understand what God wants and will give you the tools that God provided to get you there. But listen, if it looks like you're going to fall in the fire, if it looks like you're going to fall off the cliff, the apostolic catches you. And then look, puts you on the edge again. Teetering right down the edge, waiting for you to make a decision. Oh my God. There's a lot of perceived hurt in the church. In friendships, in marriages. When the person who has more wisdom and more insight should be the person that pulls more into the apostolic. I'll never forget one time my mentor sat me down and she said, Teresa, I will never leave you. I'll never leave you. I'll, I'll never abandon you. It used to disturb me to hear her say that. And I don't mean disturb like in a negative way. But one day, this was, you know, a few weeks after hearing that years ago, I remember her saying to me, I remember I heard the Lord say, I will never leave you or forsake you. 
That's the same thing God says for us. And then I remember when my mentor, he said, you let people leave you. You let them leave you. You don't throw them out. Anybody who's mad at me have fallen out at me that I mentored closely and loved that ate in my home. I'm not talking about fools. I'm talking about people that I invested time in that ended up hating me in the end. The Lord said, you don't unfriend them because that will add to their testimony of why they left. You don't say anything negative. You try to reason with them. You talk. You have a conversation if they will allow it. But you, Teresa, rise above. You can mute their conversations. You don't have to look at the throw off, but you let them leave you. Let that be their testimony, not yours. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God has to be first because the apostolic will leave you crying on the side of the road with no defense. But because that's why Jesus could say, forgive them, Father, because they know not what they do. He wept and he cried, not because somebody left him, but because he knew they were incapable, incapable in their present state and where they are in their becoming to understand. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. It's funny how we understand this with our children. We have all kinds of forgiveness for our kids because that's the first line of realizing what love really is, which is apostolic. God's love is apostolic, not emotional. Oh my God, somebody get mad at you because you said, look, I got the craziest tech, the, um, um, Facebook message from somebody who left me not um, about four years ago. It was just a random message and they repented this year. But the reason they left was ham sandwich reasons. Nothing but something a baby would deal with. Oh, that milk dribbled down my lip and you didn't have a bib, so I got mad and I left. Basically, so we have to understand people's capabilities. What is it? Watch how they interact with you. Watch how they interact with one another. That, you know, maturity is, is, a, is, a, is a thing we can measure with this understanding. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. You love people because it becomes a love. You'll be looking at them cross-eyed, but the Lord will come back and he'll say, okay, Teresa, look at what this is. I need you to be apostolic in this situation. Don't respond. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm, 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 mm. Christ's commission is about restoring our apostolic divine nature. Can you guys see that when you think about Christ now? When you look at his life, when you look at God's life, go back and listen to the life of God. 
the life of, of Jesus. It's all about the apostolic, but we made it all about the prophetic. And listen, the reason why we make things a lot about the prophetic is because that's the one place flesh feels like it can, be, it can get glory and recognition. And we misuse and abuse the prophetic as a result. And those who like the apostolic often have issues with authority. They want to be seen. They want to have a place of importance. Not realizing that the apostolic at its bare bones foundations has absolutely nothing to do with that. The apostolic is title free. <laughs> it is. It is. Somebody will catch that tomorrow. Christ gives us his apostolic mind. The mind of Christ is the apostolic. It is coming from that place of let there be light. From the apostolic spirit of God. God's environment, his love, his interaction with us, his creation. It's all apostolic for an apostolic people. He wants to serve us on an apostolic level. Christ gives us his apostolic mind to aid in achieving our restoration, our reconciliation, our transformation into likeness and image. 1 Corinthians 2, 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Oh my God. Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, we're always becoming because the apostolic spirit on the inside of us Holy Spirit is carrying that good work forward if we will allow him to do it, if we will nurture it, if we will read our affirmations, if we will live our lives free of offense, if we will learn how to love, if we will stop feeling some kind of way about becoming. Because I promise you, you are becoming right now. And there's somebody who has a problem with you. But you want God to understand your becoming process, but we can't duplicate the second greatest commandment of loving one another as ourselves. We can't even get into the apostolic mind that requires that place. I'm an apostle. God help us all if you are. Just a general statement. The apostle of rebuking everybody. Everywhere you go, that's all you do. But the life of God, the life of, of Jesus looked nothing like that. The life of what is the enemy doing all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, debate of this, debate of that. I'm the son of the living God. And, and that's what Jesus said. I'm the son of the living God. And I'm trying to give myself to you so that you can become sons. Be my babe. 
route me in your life? Where am I in the midst of all of this other stuff? When can you rise above this place and move into my apostolic mind where I can deal with something like I did at my first temptation? This is Jesus being tempted. And then I can come down from that and never have to deal with that level of, of secondary, low-level warfare again. They talking about me. Oh, my God. Listen, the healing that the apostolic brings raises us up above all of those things and gives us the compassion of Christ where we weep at the state of the world where we cry at, at the hardened hearts. Where, our, the, I mean, the kind of, of, of cry that allowed Jesus to be on the cross and say, forgive them, God. Give them. Forgive them. Oh my God, Philippians 2 and 5. Have this mind among yourselves. See, look. They were dealt. Philippians 2 is interesting because people were having disagreement. And so they're being told, look, just, just have the, be apostolic. Does this argument and does these differences even matter? If this moment was your last moment on earth, do you want to spend it fighting each other? Or do you want to spend it in a place of love and peace? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in, is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith and as the savior, he is a new creature, re, re, creature or creation, reborn and renewed by Holy Spirit. All things, previous moral and spiritual conditions have passed away. Behold, new come. If one more person tell me God done a new thing and they the same as they were 50 years ago, I don't want to hear it. There can be no new thing without apostolic ascension within. God doing something new and all you did was switch jobs. God blessing me. But all you did was get a car with a payment of $800 or more a month. This is their evidence of God with us. My evidence and your evidence of God with you should be proof that you're not petty anymore. Oh my God. You're not a gossip anymore. You're not criticizing everybody that claims they're a prophet or an apostle. You're not holding one misunderstanding over somebody for the next 50 years. Oh my God. Some people still ain't their family. Can't even deal with them. Don't even want to be, but, but you, you, you prophetic, right? You apostolic. Oh my God. Show me one time that Jesus had a mind like that. Just one. You won't find one, but we trying to be likeness and image. <laughs> know nothing about let there be light in darkness. 
Oh my God. Oh, Galatians 2.19. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Oh my God, I'm supposed to live to God? I have been crucified with Christ. Really? I was crucified with him and raised with him. Raised with him. Raised up. Oh my God, raised up by the apostolic Holy Spirit. It is no longer I who live, but the apostolic mind of Christ that lives in me. Oh, Romans 6 and 4. We were buried with him through the baptism of death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life, new mind, new thoughts. Ephesians 4, 24, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Oh, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Oh my God. Unfortunately, some of us look like this. Oh my God. Take a real good look at that picture. Most folk live their whole lives like this. They don't know who to be. So that lady in the left-hand corner, my left, she need to be having carrying five or six more of those because some of us have a different face for everybody we meet. Huh. The apostolic, that picture in the center, confronts the darkness and is determined to win. Oh my God. The apostolic is not afraid to confront the darkness. Listen, you know why? Because it believes Jesus and it's settled. Jesus said I'm healed. So that means I'm healed. I know I'm going through this right now, but I have the mind of Christ. <laughs> oh my God, oh my God. Being apostolic is not cruel or heartless. That's that unrenewed part. That's that part of us that we have to understand could be personality, has nothing to do with God. That ha that's that part of us that comes from hard lives and hard things and bad experiences that we have not healed. That part of us comes from being raised under cruel taskmasters and difficult people that have not understood the apostolic. That comes from people that have lived their whole prophetic and apostolic life in machines. That comes from Pharisaic mindsets. And that's what it becomes when we don't know any better. Being apostolic does not mean we have a cruel father. We have a loving one. Being apostolic does not give us a double mind. I love you today. I hate you tomorrow. I love you today, but I'm disappointed with what happened in our relationship. 
and it's broken me. So I may have to go step away for a while so I can heal. But if you're not willing to help me heal, I might have to separate until I can take you, until I can get the doses that I, and I'm not going to be crushed by it. I'm not running away, but I am stepping away because it hurts too much to stay here. There's a difference. Double-minded, confusion and chaos. Yeah, being apostolic is not confusion or chaos. A lot of people's um, way they are, don't blame it on apostolic. Because I know for me, I know clearly what the apostolic is in my life. And I also know what the brokenness looks like. And I also know how far God has brought me. But we can't mistake the apostolic operating in its pure place for personality. We have to know personality when it presents. And we have to know pain when it presents. We have to know systems when they present. Being apostolic is, oh yeah, it is a lack. It should have been, is, being apostolic is not a lack of identity and purpose in its full measure. As we become more apostolic, more identity is clear. I've had people call me and say, apostle, I want you to mentor me. I feel like God has called me as an apostle, but they have no identity. Foundational gifts must have identity. That goes for the prophet and the apostle. You cannot be a prophet at a gate and you don't know what the name of your gate is. You don't know what your ministry is. You don't have precision in that place. You don't know what the wall is. There has to be a place of real development. And the apostolic is the conduit for that place. Oh my God. My purpose is clear. Every Sunday I give it to you. Immersion, understanding, Christ above men. And it's not what I'm called to do, it's who I am. I can't function outside of those four things in my apostolic realm. Whether I was a prophet or an apostle, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, if God gave me that mandate, I will be apostolic in that mandate. I know those things about my role in the earth, but we live in a time when we taught the apostolic so poorly or not at all that people look at what they do to define them, not who they are. Oh my God. Oh. Anyone who hangs out with me closely will be immersed. Anyone who hangs out with me closely will desire understanding. Anyone who hangs out with me closely will elevate Christ above men. I hope you're following. What is your ladder? Reading to people. 
I'm not going to pick out people, but I could pick out about five or six people right now that I know what their apostolic letter says. I read it when I interact with them. Most people are really confusing. They fussing at people all day. Don't want to learn. Can't learn anything new. Looking for things that fulfill their flesh. Instead of learning how to live beyond it. The apostolic is sacrificial. Oh my God. Being apostolic is not indecisiveness. Being all over the place. One minute you're doing this. The next minute you're doing that. A whole next three months, you're depressed. I mean, that's not apostolic. That's becoming. That's process. Don't claim being apostolic until you're stable in that area. Some people are apostolic in arts and crafts. They always doing that. <laughs> you know? uh, being apostolic is not being without singular vision. Now, this is more about the apostle, but I need to say it. Most people who are called to beyond the apostolic into an apostle or a prophet's role will have a singular vision. I don't mean confined and in a box. I mean a vision that will expand in multiple directions, but you'll always know the tree from which it comes from. If you've ever taken any of my courses, when I'm dealing with the scribe, you're still going to see those four pillars. If I am doing anything with you in the conservatory within your marriage, you're still going to see those four pillars shining left and right. You cannot escape them. And in the conservatory, I have the blessing of teaching it. Oh my goodness. But, and this is the ultimate test of the apostolic is simply this. That you look like Jesus in thought. Oh, oh, my goodness. Being apostolic is, listen, this is the part about the thoughts. The apostolic makes you choose. It doesn't do it for you. See, prophetic people, when they rely on the influence of the prophetic, God, take this away. That's They, they live in that. That, that do it for me. I'm just going to lay on Jesus' lap. They're waiting for him to do it for them. I, I, I don't, I'm not picking, but those are pet peeves that I have with the apostolic and the prophetic because people humanize the gifts. They ignore every scripture that the, that the Lord talks about or choose this day who you will serve. The God of your fathers or choose perfect love, choose salvation, choose to believe, choose likeness and image, resist the adversary. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Walk in full measure. These are all apostolic commands. When the apostolic is present, you're at a road of decision. Choices have to be made. And the prophetic comes along to influence you 
to choose the apostolic. Oh my God. Oh, the apostolic, living in your consecrated, set apart temple is apostolic. You don't have a man that's resisting. You don't have a way that's resisting, consecrated. You can listen. I, I told somebody the other day, I'm like, listen, you can do whatever you want, but you will not receive everything God has for you. All things are permissible. Or, or all things are, um, what is that word? All things are permissive, or but not all things are profitable. You can choose to do whatever you want. I, I have to say this, and I don't like bringing this up because, but I need to because there's this thing going around in the church where people think they can just be lascivious. They can sleep with whoever they want. Look, you can, but it's not what Jesus would do with an apostolic mind, right? Someone who's living an apostolic life would choose what Jesus would want. They would resist. They would fight. They would contend for their faith. Paul was like, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm contending for the prize. My baton is not going to be passed on. It's not going to be in a ditch. I'm going to have something good to give somebody. God, I want a better life, but your mind. But your mind. I can't pray. Oh, you choose to pray. Pray for me because I can't pray. No, choose to pray. I don't like reading the word. I can't get into it. God is not going to send the spirit of reading upon you. Choose this day whom you will serve. Demonstrating master's mastery in Christ's character and his attributes, the fruit of the spirit, is, is a mastery, a level of mastery we'll attain when we're in Christ, living on it. We'll be just like him. You have to contend for your fruit. In a thought life, in a life. I really don't like Apostle Teresa, but I'm going to go. <laughs> Look, I'm just being funny. It's amazing what we be offended by. Listen, being apostolic is governing your soul. It's allowing the mission of Christ they have this perfect work on the inside of you. Let this mind be in you. It didn't say God gonna put his mind in you. It said, let it, allow it, make room for it. How? Choose. It's too hard to resist. Keep resisting. It's hard to be obedient. Manifest. <laughs> See, this is the, the apostolic sounds like this. And the prophetic comes along to influence it. 
we can safely and confidently define the apostolic as the fullness of the mind of Christ working divine intention in us to accomplish the will of God for his eternal intention. Mm, 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 mm. Think about that. I would challenge anyone who would come against that statement. Why else would Holy Spirit need a dwelling place? Why else would our temple need to be holy? Maybe that's why some things aren't happening is because we have not tapped into the apostolic mindset. Paul told the congregation at Corinth, he said, look, we're not going to keep teaching first works. We have to move beyond that now. If you want to stay on milk, I, I can't keep teaching you milk when you should be on me. Where is your advance? Where is your forward movement? Where is your spiritual growth and development? That's apostolic. You're not letting Holy Spirit do what he needs to do on the inside of you. You still pitching fits and having tantrums. Oh my God. Pitching fits. Matthew 22, 36 to 38. Teacher, which commandment is the greatest in the law? Jesus declared, love the Lord your God with all your heart. We got that one. We understand that. With all your soul. We get them laws. I ain't fornicating. So that means I'm saved and God with me. I, you know, I ain't never broke my vow to God. You know how we do. So that's law. We, we kind of got law down. <laughs> but that with all your mind part, mm, that we struggle with. And that is the apostolic part. We love the heart. We love dealing with our brokenness. We love having people stroke us. We love working through our issues day and night. But when is that overkill? When will we combine that with the apostolic? When will that become a part of our mind? Or will you be in a therapy chair and in the lap of Jesus for the rest of your life? There has to come a time when Job must pull up his pants. There has to come a time when the would have been um, apostle says, I will give up my riches and I will follow you. There has to come a time when we're willing to stand and do it angry. Walk it out when we don't want to. Choose the instructions that we've been given. When Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, when you reread that, you will see nothing but the apostolic. Blessed are they. Um, this is how you love. This is how you deal with issues. This is how to be the salt of the earth. You, I mean, you just read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and you have a beautiful apostolic blueprint. And I promise you, you won't see the devil in there, but maybe a couple of times. 
because the apostolic mind ascends. We're talking about Jesus. Holy Spirit is apostolic first before he's prophetic. And how is that? He goes by command, only speaking and saying what the Father commands. Only moving and doing what the Father commands. The apostolic anointing is simply the apostolic mandate of the Lord coming through your life, fulfilling his will. Oh, the apostolic anointing on your life, bad. What does that mean exactly? How are you interpreting that? Because all Jesus says about that is that it's a yielded vessel. We can believe God to prophesy. <laughs> Why can't you believe God to set you free of whatever you feel you're bound by? We pick and choose what we want to be healed from. Jesus is apostolic first. I only do and say what I see the Father do and say. Oh, my God. God is the apostolic. Let there be light. Let me make humanity in my image. All apostolic. Oh, my God, we've been called to communion. We've been called to koinonia. We've been missing, in our pursuit of all of these gifts, we've missed what's important. We have to break bread with Jesus. We have to drink the wine for real. Come prepared next Sunday to take communion. Come prepared as we talk about part two of the apostolic. And this is important because the second part of the apostolic is when we get to look at what it does in ministry, how it functions in a healthy environment, what it comes to do. And I want you to be encouraged, but I want you to grow. And I want you to move beyond one of your leaders and peer-level friends to always be your rescue and deny yourself your maturity. Every time we look for somebody else, a, a flesh, a person to rescue us, we're denying our perfect condition, as Prophet Andrea says. We're denying it. How are you going to rebuke your perfect storm? <laughs> it's I mean, for real though. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they cover me. When you start reading the scriptures, I want you to look for the apostolic. Because I promise you, we're not really seeing it today. We're not really seeing it today. I really believe that when we um, enter into the apostolic realm and all of us are apostolic, we see, you know, well, they apostolic people in the world. Yes, they are, but they don't know that they are and they haven't believed God. You want to see the real apostolic? Get them saved. <laughs> 
call them into the kingdom. Teach them this kind of apostolic, not that weird stuff folks be teaching in the parking lot. We got to, we've got to do better. Father, I just thank you for this word on today. Father, I guard myself in the name of Jesus. I thank you for every declaration, decree, prayer, a prophetic word, word of insight, a word of healing that lines up with your word that has been spoken over my life. Father, I cancel in the name of Jesus and denounce in me, around me, through me, Lord God, any declaration, decree, word spoken, any thought had, Lord, that does not line up with your word and that would like to see me out of commission. And I pray those same things, Lord, on, on, over those that you have truly sent, Lord, to me in Jesus' name, that we, Lord, are only focused on you and that we are shielded under the shadow of your wings. I believe that, Lord. I don't have to worry about what Jezebel is doing because I have apostolic authority. I know who I am and I cannot be overcome in Jesus name. Not because I'm the baddest heavyweight anything, but because God, I just believe you. And I trust that it is well, even when it is not well. And I thank you, Father, for the arms and the hands of community that raises us up. And that holds us close, God, when we know we need help because you are God who sends rescue. But Father, I thank you that we will not be wallowers. We will not be running every time something happens, but we will let your word and your desire and your intention for us have its perfect work. Your desire is for us to become an apostolic people. We have the mind of Christ. We have it, but we need to apprehend it. We need to become it. We need to understand the apostolic from its first place, from its foundations. How can we build or call ourselves anything for sure if there is no spiritual growth or development first in our minds? Father, I ask God that you cause this to make sense to those who are listening today, make it simple for them. I don't know how to break it down any more than I already have here by the leading of your spirit, but let it not be spooky and super spiritual because it doesn't get more spiritual than let there be light. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Put on the mind of Christ. Be renewed daily. Father, we just, we believe those passages of scriptures. And Father, we embrace your character. We embrace, God, your fruit of the spirit. That's not just fruit. Oh, I need the fruit of love today. How sad that that's where we see you. We understand now that those are your most amazing attributes. And they walk hand in hand with grace and with mercy, with forgiveness. Lord, we're just grateful today. And Lord, let us grow. Let us grow in you. We declare today, Father, that we cast down any thoughts concerning the apostolic that we have elevated 
and places where we have elevated ourselves and we don't even have the healthy mind to be able to carry the apostolic in the areas that give grace to teaching and leadership and preaching and ministry. Some of us can move while we're going through and there are others that need to sit and be processed. Teach us who we are and where we are in Jesus' name so that no one else has to come along and tell us and we get offended. Father, we're just asking, as always, that you, you, Lord, stand with us in this place. Holy Spirit, we allow you in us. And I pray that you were saying this to yourself. Holy Spirit, I don't want to hold anything back from you. Whatever I need to deal with in this moment, I'm ready to deal with. I don't need to go digging up stuff. I only need to deal with what you have right here and right now. And I will not block that because we can block the work of Holy Spirit on the inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. I know this was long. <laughs>